Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. Sorry for a little bit of the delay, but this is Friday, December 18th, 2015. And welcome to the Mothership broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network, WCWS Revolution. <clears throat> I, of course, had Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw back on here with you. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you, you did hear that correctly. That is actually, uh, of course, the infamous theme to, of course, to the hit, one of the hit, uh, one of the best science fiction series of all time, that is, of course, being Star Wars, with, of course, today being the official release of the new movie, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Uh, believe it or not, that actually came from the actual soundtrack to the new movie. Somehow I was able to find that on Spotify. Who would have known? Unbelievable. Uh, so after you know that, why not go ahead and start, why not go ahead and pay homage to that and pay tribute to its honor its release today by playing the main theme for the new movie. <coughs> Excuse me. And, of course, joining me on the line here tonight is, of course, um, of course, uh, a gentleman here, another main man here in the WWS Radio Network. Of course, a part, big part of Revolution and Wolfpack every week, but also a main part of WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at 3, right on com. Also a part of WWS Indie Outlook every Sunday night at 7, also on TalkShoe.com, and also WWS Wrestling Revisited every Tuesday night at 7 right on TalkShoe.com. Talk uh, of course, I give you the Iceman once again, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo, and also, like I said, a 2015 WWS Hall of Famer. Uh, J.D., uh, uh, welcome to the uh, Friday edition of WCWS Revolution. Well, if one week till Christmas, how are you? you can call me Paul Heyman 2.0 tonight because I got my booker cap on and my clipboard ready to go. Excellent. Very good there, partner. Very good. Tonight, of course, we, we will be uh, – our wrestler profile series will continue. Uh, and, of course, uh, we won't see – as always, we'll not reveal that until later on <clears throat> Later on here in the show. And who knows, we may have several more folks of our members of our panel way too, uh, way too tough to handle uh, stop by. And uh, – and they'll be fascinated with what we what I've been able to dig up here today. <clears throat> also, our wild and wicked fantasy matchup segment will be kind of a little bit on the uh, extreme side, if you will, because our own JD Jerry Jerome will put together a little, uh, I should say, ECW WWF fantasy pay per view, um, kind of a mixture 
uh, putting the superstars from <clears throat> WWF slash WWE against the, the superstars of, of the former ECW. Uh, some very tremendous matchups. Kind of looked at them today. Uh, you'll be you'll be blown away with with every every single one of them there, ladies and gentlemen. And if you definitely want to join myself or JD and of course everyone else that does show up here on Revolution here tonight, please join us right here. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four at call these one three eight oh five five pound and press that one if you have any questions for myself or JD or anyone else here that does pop on the show here tonight and any questions or thoughts of anything we talk about here this evening please feel free and we will definitely bring it up to everyone's attention. Uh, also, I've, I've talked tonight though while we await several more members of our panel to wait to the handle of course. Uh, uh, King NWO, GTS, Gerard Smith, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. We wait their arrival. Uh, <clears throat> of course, the human suplex machine, John Gross, has also not yet arrived. We wait his arrival as well. I figured that courtesy of the Black Widow, earlier today she has sent me the results of last night's SmackDown. And I figured we'd go ahead and, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, kind of read those, kind of read their, uh, everything that, that that happened on SmackDown uh, last night. Uh, and uh, and of course here 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 we go right here for uh, of course last night December, December the seventeenth <clears throat> and just run down the whole show as it happened it was and and of course as JD says in more ways than one <laughs> little tease there but a little tease uh, anyway here of course Roman Reigns comes out to start the show Reigns talks about how he did it by winning the WWE World Heavyweight Title on Raw and how special it was. That have have it happen on his daughter's birthday. However, Reigns tells us to savor this as as he could be in the midst of his last days in WWE. After all, he did spear Triple H <clears throat> and Superman punch Vincent Kennedy McMahon. As for now, we're going to celebrate this win. Sheamus comes out and says that he's happy that for Reigns winning the title. And how and and how he's now held it for longer than five minutes and fifteen seconds. However, Sheamus is going to get his title back. Okay. As for Reigns, he's not going to wrestle tonight. According to Sheamus, the authority has ordered an investigation into Reigns' actions, and he's thus banned from the arena tonight. Therefore, Sheamus tells Reigns <clears throat> to leave the arena. Reigns tells Sheamus to make him leave. Sheamus is humored by by and, pre- and prepared for this defiance, so he calls out a squad of security. After a final chance to leave, Sheamus sends security after Reigns, and Reigns easily dispatches them. After dispatching security, Reigns poses with the WWE World Heavyweight title. First match of the night on SmackDown. Okay, let me okay, kind of fade out here for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get that back. Okay, we've got it. Uh, of course, first match of the night, <coughs> you've got Ryback going up against Alberto Del Rio. This is a match that happened. Nothing much to mention here. Del Rio gets to win with the cross arm breaker following a distraction from the League of Nations. Hmm. Uh, of course, like I said, Alberto Del Rio defeated Ryback. Afterwards, Ryback is beat down and locked in the accolade. So apparently, Rusev got a hold of Ryback. Ooh, okay, that's tough. Tyler Breeze cuts a promo on Tyus O'Neill while getting his hair brushed by Summer Ray, who he calls Sum Sum at one point. Oh, boy. For some reason, Gold Dust pops out from behind a curtain and, start, and, and startles Sum Sum and Breeze. 
Gold dust gets sprayed with hairspray before he leaves. Right. Okay. Yeah. Of course, the match, uh, Tyler Breeze versus Titus O'Neil. This was one that served mainly to spark a new storyline between Breeze and, of all people, Goldust. Goldust came down during the match and got comfortable in the VIP area to the to the ire of Samsung. At one point, Goldust tur- took Breeze's phone and started talking, taking selfies. Oh, boy. This distraction allowed O'Neill to hit Clash of the Titus for the win. Whereas, like I said, Titus O'Neill defeated Tyler Breeze. <coughs> oh. Backstage, Renee Young interviews Dean Ambrose about Kevin Owens' vow to regain the Intercontinental title. Ambrose says that Owens needs to go back to the drawing board <clears throat> because Ambrose isn't going to go away anytime soon. In fact, Ambrose says he's willing to defend the title whenever he has the opportunity. He also says some other stuff that doesn't make much sense. Bray Wyatt cuts a promo uh, fear, <clears throat> a promo of fear, and how the ECW originals' extreme tendencies did nothing to overcome it. The other three say some stuff as well before Wyatt proclaims that they are not of this world and that they are everywhere. Hmm. Another tag match, a tag match here, the tag team champions, the New Day, taking on the Lucha Dragons. Before the match, the New Day talks about how they are winners and unicorn horns and what happens and what happened on Robert Garden, the beatdown they took from the Lucha Dragons and the Usos. After this, Xavier Woods, takes a moment to address their Twitter followers who don't understand their celebrations. The New Day celebrations are for New Day only. Simple as that. This was a fun this was a fun little match that saw the Lucha Dragons and the New Day have equal amounts of control. The end comes after Big E pulls Sink Car off of the apron. <clears throat> as the referee is distracted and unimpressed Sink Car does a that does a a tote that takes that takes both Xavier Woods and Big E out. As this madness occurs, Kalisto hits Kobe Kingston with a springboard powerbomb to win so the Lucha Dragons defeat the New Day. <clears throat> Backstage, Renee Young and Andrews Dolph Ziggler about his upcoming match about, against Kevin Owens. <coughs> Ziggler cuts a very good promo about being the guy that always tries to outdo himself every night and tries to get, tries to get others to follow his lead. Ziggler has never won the big match, but that does not matter. He wants to steal the show and top everyone. Tonight, Ziggler dares Kevin Owens to top him. Okay. Um, A Divas match here. Brie Bella took on Becky Lynch. As with Raw, Team Bad is seated in the crowd um, for certain reasons. This was a fairly quick match. Charlotte came down about halfway through and tripped Brie as the ref's head was turned. Becky, Becky hesitantly takes advantage and locks into this armor to win. Becky Lynch defeated Brie Bella. Backstage, a, fr- a frustrated Becky Lynch is trying to talk to Charlotte about how the last match ended. Charlotte dodges the question until she eventually tells Becky that she didn't want her to lose. Becky asks Charlotte if she thinks that she can't win on her own, and Charlotte dodges the question, ca- causing Becky to walk away. Okay. Hold on, I lost it again. Stand by here. Okay. Kevin Owens is strolling backstage when JoJo approaches him. Owens is still pissed off about TLC, and he needs his Intercontinental Championship back from the cockroach known as Dean Ambrose. As for Dolph Ziggler, bad things are going to happen to him. Owens won't stop until Ziggler is in a hospital. And here's the match. Here's Ziggler versus Owens. This was a very fun and hard-hitting match between two men 
who were mad at each other. At the end, Owens was so pissed off that he took the match outside and and started beating the heck out of Ziggler, so much so, in fact, that Owens got disqualified after he hurled Ziggler across the announce table. Dolph Ziggler did defeat Kevin Owens by DQ. Afterwards, Ziggler tries to fight back, but is stopped by Owens. Dean Ambrose comes out to make a save as Owens is about to powerbomb Ziggler onto the ring steps. Owens and Ambrose brawl until Owens goes running before Dirty Deeds. Owens isn't impressed at having to run away, so he super kicks Ziggler because if he he well feels like it. But here's where things got interesting. As Ambrose helps Ziggler to his feet, Ziggler hits Ambrose with a super kick as Owens laughs to end the show. Okay, so there you go right there with, like I said, your, uh, your, uh, <clears throat> oh, your uh, review, like I said, of, 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 of SmackDown here. Uh, J.D., your overall thoughts and opinions on, uh, on uh, the SmackDown taping last night? It seemed like it was a good show in Newark. I mean, it really was, however, but at the same time, how it's going to be interesting to see what happens, obviously, this Monday in Minnesota, however, I mean, obviously, they're going to probably, the way I've heard, how are the authority plans on doing some stuff, however, the question is, what will they do? Only time will tell. I mean, we really don't know. I mean, they've got some plans, I'm sure, however, and obviously, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Absolutely. Um, of course, uh, you know, the double whammy here, of course, uh, Roman Reigns taking down Triple H at TLC and then taking down Vince McMahon on Raw. I mean, it was <laughs> an unbelievable event, to say the least, and all that. But, of course, also in between all that, was somehow somehow managed to pick up the WWE World title. Uh, of course, this is, um, and of course, see him saying that all the times. You know, I have all the occasions that this happened on, and, of course, it happened on his daughter's birthday, which was, I think it was, that was very, very uh, sweet in itself there. So, uh, well, just like I said, just have to wait and see what happens here with uh, with this ongoing situation. Uh, <clears throat> I do thank the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, earlier for sending me uh, that uh, that report there about uh, last night's night down. And, and Michelle, if you're listening, thank you very much there, dear. one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call the one three eight zero five five pound. <clears throat> this is the Mothership Broadcast of the WWS Radio Network, WWS Revolution. And, of course, once again, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. And also joining me right now at this time, the Iceman J.D. Jeremy Geralmo, of course, the 2015 Hall of Famer. <coughs> and also, of course, I'm, I'm a part of the teams that bring you Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at 3, uh, in the Outlook every Sunday night at 7, and uh, Wrestling Revisited every Tuesday night at 7, all three, of course, part of the radio network right here on TalkShoot.com. <clears throat> well, uh, J.D., um, since we have not heard anything yet from King NWO Gerard T. Smith, um, if you care to like to bring us any uh, news from around the wrestling world, oh, man, please go ahead and bring us and see what you got for us tonight. It's been kind of quiet so far. I mean, the only thing we know is that Brock Lesnar, obviously, of course, will be facing Alberto Del Rio tomorrow night in Los Angeles, of course. We do not know yet if Brock will be at the Monday show in Minneapolis, however, for uh, the Slammy Awards, however, mind you. But uh, we will keep a close eye on that, I'm sure. But we do know they've got a house show tomorrow night in L.A. Of course, also on Monday, they could be announcing officially that... Uh, 
let's just say that that'll be the day uh, they could find out that maybe that Monday, WrestleMania 33 will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, next week, of course, as you know, SmackDown will be live on Tuesday night, however, and replayed Friday night as uh, they will be live this coming Tuesday night on USA beginning at 8 o'clock Eastern. So when we're uh, just finishing up with Wrestling Revisited and then have our break in between Revisited and Prior to Revolution, of course, be sure to turn on USA, of course. Uh, they will be doing a very live edition of SmackDown from Des Moines, Iowa. And, of course, this, uh, what is it, the uh, this uh, Sunday they will have the movie, uh, like, what is it, uh, the Page movie with The Miz, I can't remember, however. Sam's will help. Yeah, Sam's will help, but that's I can't remember. Thank you. And then Wednesday, of course, they will be doing the Tribute to the Troops show, which they taped a few weeks ago. Uh, all these this week, of course, WWE is... Uh, being sponsored by Coca-Cola. Also, NXT has now sold out more events, believe it or not, surprisingly, as they have now announced, however, they have sold out for the Chicago event, Milwaukee, and Detroit events for NXT. Also, according to reports tonight, uh, ROH is going on right now in Philadelphia, final battle, according to reports, however. Jerry Lynn is in Philadelphia for tonight, however, and he will be appearing in a non-wrestling capacity and will be providing an analyst analysis for the big upcoming main event that will be on tonight between Jay Lethal and AJ Styles. Uh, other than that, uh, not much else going on. I'm looking right now to see if there's any news, however, about Paul Heyman. Uh, Paul Heyman tweeted out as far as his status goes, however, for this Saturday night show that will be held at the LA Forum, not the Staples Center, excuse me, this Saturday night, tweeted out tonight, quote, confirmed, I will indeed be with Brock Lesnar and the Advocate Beast this week, however in Los Angeles, so that tells you right then and there he will be there. And also, earlier today, we understand, however, that tickets went on sale, however, for the big WrestleMania, should I say, yes, the pre-WrestleMania NXT show that will be going on in Dallas, if you will, night, right before SummerSlam, so uh, on April 1st, on Friday night, on April, I'm so tongue-tied today, April the 1st, however, it will be held uh, coming up, oddly enough, However, uh, at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Civic Center, and on, uh, let's see, what else we got? Uh, coming up live in the U.K., of course, uh, the second final road to the Tokyo Dome event, however, at the Currican Hall, uh, will air, I believe, was airing today and tomorrow morning. One of the matches include Tiger Mask versus Jujin Thunder Liger, um, Hiroshi Tenzon, formerly of the NWO, Satoshi Kajoma, and Jay White will be taking on David Finley, I don't know if that's Fit Finley, but I believe it is. Yuji Nagata and Manobu Nakanashi. Cody Hall, Scott Hall's son in Yujiro Takahashi will be taking on Toro Yano and Sakuraba. Bear with my Japanese here, people. And finally, Shinsuke Nakamura will be taking Tagushi. So uh, those are just some of the lineups for the big Tokyo Dome show this weekend over there in Japan. Other than that, how much else to report? Oh, and also, by the way, uh, JD is in tight, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, thank you very much sir, for providing us with some <clears throat> some little wrestling insights here tonight. Uh, of course, uh, um, uh, interesting to know seeing Scott Hall's son yes. uh, involved in some of this, in some wrestling action. That's great. Uh, I hope at some point he has his opportunity in the WWE. Uh, uh, follow what his dad did, of course, with Razor Ramon and everything like that. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely wonderful. 
the human suplex machine, John Gross, has not yet arrived to our to in, to the studio to provide us with the history and birthdays here tonight. Uh, so what we will do is go ahead and dive right on in to our wrestler profile series. <clears throat> now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as, as you know, what we do is I pull up a Wikipedia page, uh, simply put about a wrestler from primarily like from the past, might be one or two from the from, from, uh, from recent memory. Um, but uh, for the time being, we're doing like a whole lot of from the past. You know, some that we might have talked about in fantasy matchups, some that might have been involved in like wrestling news uh, a while back or what have you. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, but of course, like I said, uh, some some stuff there. Of course, not even you know the general wrestling fans might even know. So <coughs> so uh, JD, I will let you go ahead, and I will actually to, to make it fair since. It's just primarily me and you here um, for the time being. I am going to give you three guesses All as right. to who tonight's uh, wrestler profile series is about. All right. I want to say the first guest me will be Rhino. Okay. Here's your first guess. Your second guess is? Tan Man. Tan Man. And your third guess is? Masato Tanaka. So you guess Rhino, Sandman, and Tanaka. Okay. Yes. Excellent excellent choices here all around. Um you may even be surprised whenever I play this I was able to find a theme for this person. Uh you may even be surprised as to who it might be. So uh without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to reveal who the tonight's wrestler profile series on Revolution is about. So stand by, here we go. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is the one and the only total package Lex Luger. Uh, kind of thing about that earlier tonight. Uh, uh, we haven't really talked that much or, much about him. Uh, um, we we all know he's played a huge role in, of course, the Monday Night Wars, and uh, and uh, he, of course, shifted from uh, place to place and all that. Had a real good run. Of course, in addition to being a wrestler, of course, of course also a football player as well. Um, so let's just get right down here to it to our Wikipedia article here on the total package himself, Lex Luger. Of course, his real name is Lawrence Wendell Larry Fole, spelled P H P H O H L. He was born he was born in 1958, but he's better known by Lex Luger. He's he's since retired as a professional wrestler. He's also a television producer and and also a retired football player. He is currently actually currently working with WWE on their wellness policy. He is best known for his work at NWA, WCW, and of course WWF, now WWE. Luger is a three-time world champion, having held the WCW World Heavyweight Championship twice and the WWA World Heavyweight Championship once, and also a five-time NWA slash WCW United States Heavyweight Champion who owns the records for consecutive, for consecutive days and total days as champion. Although he never won a title in the WWF, he challenged, challenged for every title in the organization, including the World Heavyweight Championship, including he had World Heavyweight Championship matches at 
SummerSlam '93, and also WrestleMania 10. And was a it was a 1994 Royal Rumble co-winner alongside Bret Hart. Pro Wrestling Illustrated readers voted Luger the most popular wrestler of the year for 1993, while he was contracted to the WWF. Luger was one of the most successful and popular superstars of the 90s, and played a major role in the Monday Night Wars era. Which we also said that he was actually born in like the 19, He's 57 years old. Hmm. He was born in Buffalo, New York. Of course, other wrestling names he has gone by. <clears throat> of course, Lex Luger also was known as the Narcissist, even, of course, also known as the Total Package. He was billed at being at six foot six and weighed about 275 pounds. He was billed as being from Chicago. He was trained by Bob Roop, Hiro Matsuda, and Barry Windham. He debuted in 1985, and he retired 20 years later in 2005. Here's his football career. He attended high school and played football in Orchard Park, New York. He did attend Pennsylvania State University on a football scholarship. Yeah, in the late 70s, he played with Mad Millen and then went to Miami. That's right. He transferred to the University of Miami after his freshman year when the Penn State coaches thought he should move to linebacker or defensive end. A talented soccer player, lifelong fan of of the English soccer team Manchester United, Luger considered changing sports for some time, but eventually decided his skills would be better suited to football. He set out of the 1978 season as a redshirt transfer student in Coral Gables. In 1979, Luger played for the Miami Hurricanes, which featured future NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly, Jim Burt, Mitch Gutierrez, Fred Marion, and Mark Rick. He was booted off the team for what Luger referred to as off-the-field incidents, Especially on the team's road trip to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech, Luger suffered from cabin paper and disappointed at not being named a starter by Coach Howard Schellenberger by that fifth game into the season, snapped and crashed his hotel room. Oh, wow. Upon leaving Miami, he played professional football for the Montreal Alouettes of the Canadian Football League, where he played in the 67th Grey Cup against the Edmonton Eskimos. He did sign... <clears throat> He did sign with the Green Bay Packers of the NFL, but never played any game and thus is not listed on their all-time roster. Though he did spend the entire 1982 season on the team's injured reserve list with a groin problem incurred during training camp. He returned to the Packers training camp in 83, but was released before the regular season began. Luger wore number 66 for the Packers, the last player to do so before it was retired, before it was retired for Ray Nitsky. Hmm. His football career like this, he was an offensive lineman. He was number 66. His height was it was six foot three. He weighed about 270. He played high school in Orchard Park, New York. Uh, his college was at, like I said, Miami. He it was undrafted in 1979. He he played for the Montreal Alouettes in the Canadian Football League from 79 to 81. He was involved with the Packers from 82 to 83. He was also involved with the Tampa Bay Bandits in 1984. The Memphis, the Memphis Showboats from 84 to 85 and the Jacksonville Bulls in 1985. <clears throat> in 1984, Luger finished his football career playing in the United States Football League for the Tampa Bay Bandits, Memphis Showboats, and Jacksonville Bulls. He was a teammate with future WCW rival Ron Simmons while playing for the Tampa Bay Bandits. Oh, okay. Okay, here is Luger's professional wrestling career. <clears throat> Uh, and, of course, started off with uh, NWA Florida. 
1985, Luger met Bob Roop at a celebrity golfing event in Florida and was given a chance to get into professional wrestling. The group was greatly impressed with Luger's powerful bodybuilder physique. Roop arranged for Luger to be trained by Hiro Matsuda, who had previously trained Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Luger adopted the name Lex Luger, being a fan of the comic book villain Lex Luthor, and made his in-ring debut in September 85. He was featured alongside Percy Pringle and Rick Rude. Hmm. Okay. Luger began in the NWA Florida Territory. He got his first victory on, on Halloween night, 1985, against Coca Samoa and won the Southern Heavyweight title from Wahoo McDaniel the next month. For a short time, he feuded with Barry Wyndham before they began teaming up against Sir Oliver Huppendink and his team of Ed the Bull Ganter, Kareem Muhammad, and the White Ninja. On September 1st, 1986, he fought NWA Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair for the title at a show called Battle of the Belts, which resulted in a 60-minute draw. As a result, Flair retained the title. Towards the end of his run in Florida, Luger was involved in angles with Kevin Sullivan and Bad News Allen. He was also in a steel cage match with Bruiser Brody, where Brody stopped stopped cooperating, leading the Luger climbing over the cage, leaving the match. <clears throat> of course, now here is during his NWA WCW run. Of course, uh, 1987, Luke went to work for Jim Crockett's World Championship Wrestling, which was, which was under the NWA banner with the nickname The Total Package, and be- began using the Human Torture Rack, an Argentine backbreaker, as his finisher. He was first booked as an associate to Ric Flair's Four Horsemen stable until Ollie Anderson was kicked out, and he became an official member of the group. His first big feud was with Nikita Koloff, whom he defeated for the NWA United States Heavyweight Belt on July 11, 1987. Manager James J. James J. James J. Dillon put a chair over the top of the cage while the referee Earl Hebner was down. Luger knocked Koloff unconscious with it and then lifted up Koloff in the torture rack. A revived Hebner then dropped Koloff's arm three times with no response and awarded Luger a submission victory. He held the title until NWA's first pay-per-view event, Starcade, in November, where he dropped it to Dusty Rhodes in a steel cage. This loss set the stage for Luger leaving the Four Horsemen as manager Dillon's interference cost Luger the match. A steel chair thrown in by Dillon was dropped by Luger and Rhodes DDT Luger all on it prior to pinning him for the win. Luger left the Four Horsemen in 1988 after he and his stablemates, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and James J. Dillon, with the sole wrestlers left in a bunkhouse stampede battle royal, and Dillon asked the other wrestlers to eliminate themselves so he could win. Although Blanchard and Anderson complied, Luger refused and eliminated Dillon, leaving the horsemen in the process. Oh, okay. Luger befriended Barry Wyndham, his former Florida ally. They formed a tag team dubbed Twin Towers. The Twin Towers first teamed on March 27, 1988 at Clash of the Champions to defeat Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson for the NWA World Tag Team titles. Only a few weeks after the title win, Wyndham suddenly turned on Luger during a title defense against Blanchard and Anderson and joining Luger's former stable. The Four Horsemen, the Four Horsemen. Days later, the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Tag Team Tournament was held in his first night in Greenville, South Carolina. A partnerless Luger was teamed with Steve, whose partner Rodney Garvin had been had been KFAB injured. And the impromptu team won the entire tournament, defeating Blanchard and Anderson in the finals. Luger continued his feud with the Four Horsemen and Wyndham. At the June 8th edition of Clash of Champions, it was announced that Luger 
would challenge horseman leader Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight title at the Great American Bash on July 10th in Baltimore. As Luger arrived at the clash in a limousine, he was attacked by the four horsemen, leaving him injured and bleeding in the park line on live television. While Luger had Flair in the torture rack and Flair was about to submit, the match was abruptly stopped by the referee who cited Maryland State Athletic Commission rules about a cut that opened up on Luger's forehead, bleeding excessively. The feud came to an end after December of Starcade 1988, True Grit, where Flair pinned Luger in a rematch main event for the NWA title by illegally using the ropes. Okay. This is getting good. Okay. Uh, his U.S. title run from 89 to 90. He was then matched up against old foe Barry Wyndham at the Chi-Town Rumble, winning his second NWA U.S. heavyweight belt uh, from him. He teamed up with Michael P.S. Hayes against Barry and Kendall Wyndham in a match televised on March 18, 1989, which saw Hayes turn on Luger, setting himself as a contender to the U.S. title. Hayes defeated Luger for the U.S. title at Russell War 89 Music City Showdown. When a surprise appearance by Hayes' ex-Freebird teammate Terry Gordy helped cost Luger the match. Luger retained, regained the U.S. title from Hayes in a rematch a couple weeks later when he broke the rules by pulling Hayes' tights while pinning Hayes to win the match. On June, the June 14th edition of Clash of the Champions, Luger attacked the popular Ricky the Dragon Steamboat after Steamboat had defeated Terry Fun by DQ. Luger and Steamboat faced each other at the Great American Match in July, with Luger winning by DQ after Luger refused to wrestle Steamboat until the match's no DQ calls had been waived. Flying Brian Pillman <clears throat> challenged Luger at Halloween Havoc 1989, selling the score for the U.S. title, which Luger won. <clears throat> he also defeated Pillman in a rematch on the November 15th edition of Clash of the Champions to regain the title and end the feud. After the main event of the card, which saw Rick Flair and Terry Funk in an I Quit match, Luger made a surprise run-in, attacking both Flair and Sting, who had come out to save Flair from a post-match attack by the Great Muda. December Starkey featured an Iron Man tournament between Flair, Sting, Luger, and Muda. Hmm, okay. Oh, it gets better here. Though Sting eventually won the tournament, Luger was the only participant to go undefeated, Sting got pinfall victories over Muda and Flair, giving him the most points to win the tournament. This elevated Sting to the status of number one contender for Flair's world title. With Sting and Flair set the square for Russell War in February, Luger was booked to defend the U.S. title against Dr. Dusty Williams on the card. A legitimate injury to Sting, however, caused the entire booking of the card to get changed. Luger was elevated to face Flair for the NWA world title. An injured Sting appeared in Luger's corner during the match, eventually being attacked by Ole and Arn Anderson. When Luger left the ring to help Sting, he was counting out, giving the match to Flair. The idea here was to build Luger as a, up as a changed man that had gained self-respect by saving Sting. Excuse me. In the final match of the feud, a few months later, at the Capitol Combat event in Washington, D.C., Luger won by DQ against Flair in a steel cage match when the cage rose up from the ground and outside interference marred the match. Luger eventually dropped the title to Stan Hansen at Halloween Havoc, though he won it back at Starcade 1990 Collision Course. I remember this pay-per-view. It was a great match. Began his fourth NWA U.S. heavyweight title reign. Luger's third title reign lasted only a total, a total of 523 days, making him the longest-reigning U.S. champion in history. WCW withdrew from the NWA in 1991, and the U.S. title was renamed the WCW U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Luger started a feud with Dan Spivey, whom he defeated at Wrestle War to retain the U.S. title. 
Following their match, Nikita Koloff suddenly appeared to attack Luger, reuniting their feud from 1987. It did not last long, however, as Koloff found himself being pushed into an angle with Sting instead of Luger, which began a Super Bowl one return of the Rising Sun, when Sting and Luger challenged the Steiner brothers for the World Tag Team titles. During the match, Koloff interfered and hit Sting with a chain, which was intended for Luger. I remember that, too. It was on his best Sting DVD, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the the WWE World Heavyweight title uh, reign between like 91 and 92. Luger again began to challenge Ric Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight title after becoming number one contender by defeating the Great Muda on the June 14, 1991 edition of Clash, Clash of the Champions. Luger's title match against Flair was set to be contested at the Great American Bash in a steel cage match with the added stipulation that should Flair get disqualified, he would lose the title. The match never occurred, however, as Flair began to have disagreements with Jim Hurd, the head of WCW, over his future and salary. He eventually quit the company, being stripped of the title in the process, and took the world title belt with him. With the WCW World Heavyweight title now vacant, Barry Wyndham was declared the number two contender and was set to face Luger in the cage match at the Great American Bash. During the match, Harley Race and Mr. Hughes came to ringside and ordered Luger to perform a pile driver on Wyndham, Luger won the match, thereby winning his first WCW World Heavyweight title. As Flair still had the original belt, Luger won, wore, <clears throat> wore the NWA Western States Heritage Championship, which had been altered to resemble the world title. Okay. After Luger won the world title, he was involved in a controversial racial anger with Ron Simmons, where he asked Simmons to join his entourage but as a chauffeur. Luger retained the title Halloween, having a two out of three falls match. Eventually, Luger began to have his own issues with WCW, and the contract he had seen that he he had seemed to have him wrestling less and less while still collecting money. After ending his feud with Simmons, Luger had a brief feud with Rick Steiner, defeating him on the November 19th edition of Clash of the Champions. Luger's contract only required him to work a specific number of dates, and having fulfilled them, he sat out at the end of 1991 and beginning of 92. Aside from one title offense against Masahiro Chono. At WCW slash New Japan Super Show 2, Starcade in the Tokyo Dome, Luger did not wrestle a match until Super Brawl 2, where he lost his WCW belt to Sting. <clears throat> it's okay. Next, next part we hear about the, the World Bodybuilding Federation. Of course, we barely heard about, at all about this. After losing the Sting of Super Bowl, Luger ne- negotiated a departure from WCW and joined Vince McMahon's World Bodybuilding Federation, of course, the WBF. Appearing regularly as a co-host on the Saturday morning program, WBF Body Stars. He also made an appearance at WrestleMania 8, taking part in an on-air interview with Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Heenan and Luger formed an alliance in the WBF, similar to Heenan's alliance with Ric Flair in the WWF. He was slated to guest pose at a WBF pay-per-view event, but was injured in a motorcycle accident. By the time he recovered, the WBF was out of business. That WBF pair did not really last very long. No, it really didn't. I remember it, too. It wasn't a very big, successful thing. Okay. And here's, of course, uh, uh, Luger's, uh, <clears throat> Luger's run in WWF, of course. It started out as the Narcissus in 1993. After his accident and the closure of the WBF, Luger joined the WWF. <clears throat> uh, Bobby the Brain, he unveiled him as, with the persona of of uh, Narcissus at Royal Rumble 1993. Shortly thereafter, his name was altered slightly to the Narcissist. 
booger pose before the full-length mirrors before every match. WWF also incorporated his motorcycle accident into his gimmick, capitalizing on the fact that he had a metal plate inserted into his forearm, which was said to cause more damage when it struck an opponent, often allowing Luger to pin him with only his little finger placed on their chest. This caused a number of his opponents to demand that he wore a cover over it during matches when he had a streak of knocking people out. This eventually led the WWE officials demanding that Luger wear an elbow pad, though he would often remove it. Narcissus' one major feud was with Mr. Perfect. He was based on Heenan, his advisor, referring him referring to him as being beyond perfection. In a fight at Mr. Perfect, his former managerial client, the rivalry ended at WrestleMania 9 when Luger defeated Mr. Perfect. Of course, there was a, bit, there was a little bit of a brawl after that happened to me, um, after that match took place here. Um, and also, uh, just, just to take a little bit of a break from uh, our discussion of Luger, I just wanted to let you know that uh, we have two more folks that have entered in the uh, chat box here tonight. Of course, the human suplex machine, John Gross, has now joined us. Uh, John, go ahead and start bringing us some rest of the history and birthdays, and we'll get to them momentarily. And also, uh, WCWS Authority member Anne-Marie Rockenbach has also joined us as well. So, John and Anne, welcome to Revolution. Of course, there's Chad right here, and also J.D., uh, so, uh, and I just heard from Michelle. She just said she'll be uh, in about ten minutes, so she's on her way home now. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much, JD, for that update. So we will have a few extra people here, and that's great. Uh, of course, also, uh, let me see what else I have here. Uh, okay, yes, there it is. Uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> during his All-American period between '93 and '94, in May 1993, after Hulk Hogan's departure from the company. Luger was transformed into a fan favorite character with the nicknames Made in the USA and the All-American. On July 4th, he took part in an event where he arrived by helicopter on the deck of the USS Intrepid and body slammed the near 600-pound WWF world champion Yokozuna after a, number, after a number of other athletes, both inside of WWF and out, attempted and failed. Following this, he began the Lex Express Tour, traveling the country in a red, white, and blue painted bus to greet fans in preparation for a shot at the WWF world title at SummerSlam 93. The match had the stipulation that this would be Luger's only shot at the title. Luger, with the use of the metal plate in his form, eventually won the match, but the count-out victory meant that Yokozuna retained the title. In late 1993, <clears throat> Luger, Luger began a feud with Ludwig, Ludwig Borga, another anti-American foreigner. As Survivor Series 1993, Luger captained a team of the All-Americans, which was, of course, Luger, the Undertaker, and the Steiner brothers, against Yokozuna's team, the Foreign Fanatics, which was Yokozuna, Crush, Ludwig Borga, and Jacques of the Quebecers. In a 4-on-4 Survivor Series match, Luger team won the match after he pinned Borga. After, at the Royal Rumble, Luger participated in the Royal Rumble match where he and Bret Hart were declared co-winners after both men went over the top rope and had their feet hit the ground at the same time. As such, both received shots at the WWF World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania 10. I do remember this. Luger was disqualified in his title match against Yokozuna, and later that night, Hart won the title from Yokozuna. After WrestleMania 10, Luger was to start another feud with Mr. Perfect, but Henning was injured, so Luger said feud with Crush. Luger began, then began feeding with his friend Tatanka due to a lack of trust between them 
The match between the two place of SummerSlam at the event Kataka defeated Luger and joined KDBS as a million dollar corporation. At Survivor Series, he was in a Survivor Series team, Guts and Glory. Uh, himself, Mabel, Adam Bomb, and the Smoking Guns. Losing to the corporate team of Tatanka, King Kong Bundy, Bam Bam Bigelow, and the Heavenly Bodies, with only King Kong Bundy and Bam Bam Bigelow surviving. Of course, also another uh, another uh, WWF uh, moment, of course, of course the, the tag team, the Allied Powers. In the beginning of 1995, Luger formed a tag team with David Boy Smith, dubbed the Allied Powers. They made their pay-per-view debut as a tag team at WrestleMania 11, defeating the Blue Brothers, <clears throat> which I do believe, which actually in reality were the Harris Brothers. They defeated Jobbers on Raw, and after a victory over Men on a Mission, Mabel and Sir Moe, in June 1995, earned a shot at the tag team titles against the Old Hard Yokozuna in your house, too, the Lumberjacks, but failed to win the belts. Shortly after Summer Sam, Luger, whose contract had expired, had left the WWF without letting McMahon know firsthand. Oh, okay. I do remember this incident, too. Yes. Of course, here is his return to WCW. <clears throat> Between 95 and 96, the alliance to end Hulkamania. In late August 1995, after expressing the sting that he wanted to leave the WWF, Luger got a call from WCW Vice President Eric Bischoff to set up a meeting about a contract and Luger possibly jumping ship. Bischoff was initially reluctant to make the offer as he did not care for Luger personally or professionally, but relented to do both the Sting's urging and the idea that his appearance would make a big splash. Hmm. Bischoff offered Luger only 20% of what he was making when he left WCW three years earlier in a deliberate attempt to have him turn down the offer and, according to Bischoff, at least tell Sting that I tried only to be surprised to see that Luger accepted the offer. Eight days after his appearance at SummerSlam, only one after competing at a WWF house show in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Luger made his return to WCW on the premiere of Nitro, coming out during the main event for the WCW World Heavyweight title between champion Hulk Hogan and Big Bubba Rogers, of course we all know it as a big boss man. After Luger's return, he did not make his allegiance known acting as a tweener, except that he still did have a long-time friendship with Sting. He merely claimed that he wanted to stake his claim at Hogan's WCW World title, facing him on the September 11, 1995 episode of Nitro, which Hogan won by DQ. At Halloween Havoc, Luger attacked Hogan after his match with the Giant and joined Kevin Sullivan's Dungeon of Doom stable. At Starcade, Luger participated in a WCW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling World, World Cup of Wrestling, where he represented WCW in a winning effort against New Japan Pro Wrestling representative Masahiro Chono. Later that night, he participated in a triangle match with Sting and Flair. <clears throat> Flair won after both Sting and Luger were counted out, making Flair the new WCW World Champion. The two main teams had to defeat Harlem Heat for their first World Tag Team titles on the January 22nd, 96 episode of Nitro, with Luger constantly threatening dissident due to his allegiance to the Dungeon of Doom but always seemed to stay on the same path as his friend. Luger also defeated Johnny B. Bad for the world television title on February 17th, losing it back to him the next time. <clears throat> he regained the TV title from Bad by beating him on March the 6th. The Dungeon of Doom aligned with the Four Horsemen to form the alliance to end Hulkamania, which feuded with Hulk Hogan and Luger's former WF ally, Randy Savage. <clears throat> At Uncensored, nine members of the Alliance participated in a Tower of Doom steel cage match. 
but were unsuccessful in defeating the team of Hogan and Savage. Luger was blamed for the loss because he accidentally punched teammate Ric Flair and was kicked out of the stable. <clears throat> okay, let's see what else we got here. Yes. Of course, this feud with the New World Order between 96 and 99. During the summer, Luger began to feud with, with the Giant for the WWE World Heavyweight title, unsuccessfully challenging him at the Great American Bash. During this time, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, both former WWE superstars, began appearing on WWE television, and then they were taking over the company. Randy Savage spearheaded the WWE wrestlers against him with Luger and Sting by his side. Luger, along with Savage and Sting, took on Nash and Hall, who called themselves the Outsiders, and a third mystery part of that that they claimed was an insider at Bash at the Beach. In the first few minutes of the match, Luger went down to went down due to a KFAB injury, leaving Sting and Savage on their own when the mystery partner revealed himself to be Hulk Hogan. With Luger no longer around, Savage and Sting were easy prey from the three who announced themselves as an, as the NWO. Luger continued to be one of the leaders for the WCW siege against the NWO, wrestling and feuding with a number of their members at Super Bowl seven. Luger and the Giant defeated the Outsiders to win the World Tag Team titles. The titles were returned to the Outsiders by NWO member of President Eric Bischoff. Luger won a four-quarters match to become number one contender for Hogan's WWE title at Spring Stampede and teamed with his new ally, the Giant, to defeat Hogan and basketball star Dennis Rodman at Bash at the Beach. <clears throat> On the August 4, 1997 episode of Nitro, Luger defeated Hogan to win his second World Heavyweight Championship in an impromptu match before dropping the title back to Hogan his five days later at Road Wild. His victory, however, marked the first time of the year that WCW won their world title back from the NWO. Luger began, began a program with Hall after both men pinned each other in tag team matches. Luger's partner was DDP and Hall's partner was Randy Savage before facing each other in a one-on-one match at Halloween Havoc, which Luger won. He had a short feud with Buff Bagwell in the fall of 97. He culminated in a match at Starcade, which Bagwell won. In the first half of 98, Luger feuded with Savage and defeated him at Sold Out and Super Bowl Eight. His final feud with the NWO was against Scott Steiner, whom Luger defeated and uncensored. At Spring Stampede, he teamed with Scott's brother and former tag team partner Rick to defeat Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell. After a long war with the NWO, Luger joined NWO Wolfpack on May 25, 1998. Luger played a, set, a central role in the group's war with Hogan's NWO Hollywood, Okay, and let's see here. Uh, and even convinced the Los Angeles anti-NWO Sting to join on the August 10th, 1998 episode of he defeated Bret Hart to win his record tying fifth and final U.S. heavyweight title in an impromptu title match before dropping title back to Hart just one day later on Thunder. He also took part in the incident in which both, in which both the NWO factions united against the dominant Bill Goldberg in early 1999 he remained a member of the new of the new NWO until he was sidelined with a legitimate biceps injury. Worked for 2001, <clears throat> he was known as a total package. In August 1999, Luger returned to Nitro during a Sting Hogan angle for the World Heavyweight Championship. He eventually helped Sting win the World Title at Fall Brawl in 1999. After Fall Brawl, Luger claimed that Lex Luger was now dead and was going by the name the Total Package. He debuted his gimmick on the September 27, 1999 episode of Nitro with a Terminator-style entrance symbolizing his rebirth and, and bringing back Elizabeth as his manager. During late November into December 1999, the total package began to have some disagreements with Sting. He also began to treat Elizabeth badly 
that prompted Sting to intervene. At Starcade in December '99, Sting and the Total Package had a match with, with Elizabeth eventually turning on Sting. Booker continued his Total Package angle with Elizabeth through January 2000. He began a storyline where, where he would break the arms of his opponent by placing the arm inside of a closed steel chair and stomping on it. In February 2000, he formed an alliance with Ric Flair to take out Hulk Hogan. They later formed a tag team under the name Team Package. The team feuded with Sting and Hogan until April 2000, where Vince Russo formed a new blood causing Luger to join the Millionaires Club. He faced Booker T on the November 20, 2000 episode of Nitro for the WWE Heavyweight Belt and Goldberg at Mayhem and again at Star K 2000 with Goldberg's career on the line. He also formed a tag team with Buff Bagwell named Totally Buffed. They defeated Goldberg and Dwayne Bruce in a tag team match at Sin in January 2001. Luger stayed in the team until WAF purchased WCW in March of 2001. For here's his run during TNA. In late 2003, Luger began working for TNA where he teamed with TNA co-founder Jeff Jarrett on November 12th in a loss to AJ Styles and Sting. Luger returned to TNA in 2006, first appearing during the April 2017 TNA Impact as the second of Sting's, Sting's potential tag team partners for TNA's sacrifice. The last September and October, he appeared on Impact as one of the people, along with Buff Bagwell, helping Sting to prepare for his upcoming match against Jarrett at Battle for Glory. On October 13, 2012, Luger inducted Sting into the TNA Hall of Fame. At a ceremony held in Phoenix, Arizona, prior to the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. Uh, semi-retirement, late 2002, Luger joined the European tour of WWA. He debuted in November at Dublin, Ireland, with teaming with Sting to defeat Buff Bagwell and Malice. At Retribution, Luger defeated Sting to win the vacant WWE World Heavyweight title after Jeff Jarrett interfered on his behalf. In Manchester, England on December 7th, Luger and Sting faced Bagwell and Jarrett in a match which both Luger's WWE World Heavyweight title and Jarrett's NWA World Heavyweight title were on the line. The non-title changed hands as Sting pinned Bagwell. Luger made his final appearance with WWE on December 13th in Zurich, Switzerland, where he lost the WWE World Heavyweight title to Sting in a three-way dance that also featured Malice. Throughout 2004 and 2005, Luger made sporadic appearances on the independent circuit. On September 22, 2007, Luger was elected into the XWF, later Legends Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. In 2011, Luger began working with WWE on their wellness policy. In regards to this role, he stated the following: "I actually work behind the scenes with them, and now and then with them now again with their wellness club. I counsel a lot of their athletes on nutrition, wellness, exercise, and taking care of their bodies." That's nothing that WWE is being very proactive now with the wellness department and really training these guys with health and nutrition and drug prevention. We're trying to prevent the young guys, this young generation of guys, from going down the same path as we did back in the 80s and the 90s. <clears throat> of course, uh, uh, I'll just read one more thing about his personal life. Uh, where Luger was divorced from uh, uh, his ex-wife, Peggy, and has two children, a son, Brian, born January 1st of 86, and a daughter, Lauren Ashley born September 24th, 1990. Uh, of course, everyone everyone remembers this incident involving Luger and Miss Elizabeth. But that uh, he on October 19th, 2007, he suffered a nerve impingement in his neck that led to temporary paralysis. He underwent intravenous antibiotic treatment and was expected to make a full recovery. Nearly a month after his spinal stroke, Luger was still in a quadriplegic state, having no movement in either his arms or legs. 
In June 2008, Luger was said to be able to stand on his own for short periods of time and walk using a walker. In 2010, Luger stated in that he was able to walk more comfortably and was now able to drive. Uh, there's a whole lot more we can talk about here, um, but, of course, uh, I think everyone has a pretty good idea about uh, Luger's, uh, Luger's, Luger's uh, reputation there. So, uh, And also, I see while... While I was doing this again, uh, we also have another person joining us here on the show tonight. It is the one and only Black Widow, the lovely, lovely Michelle Lynn Dodds. Of course, you can catch her every Saturday night at 9 as part of the team that brings you Attitude Radio right here on TalkShoe.com. Michelle, welcome uh, to the Friday edition of Revolution. Hello, everybody. Hi, Michelle. And let me go ahead and clear up my throat there because I have just been talking nonstop. <laughs> um, and uh, and Michelle, in addition to me and and JD and yourself, John is on the chat box, and Ann has made it back on the chat box. So uh, so so uh, so I welcome everyone here. Um, before we get to John's rest of history and birthdays here, um, JD, just a a quick uh, thought too about Lex Luger. Well, what can we say about Lex? I mean, he has had a unique career, some of it good, some of it bad. He's fought all the best names and teamed up with the names like the Horsemen. He's fought Dusty Rhodes. He's fought Sting. He uh, also has fought Ric Flair. He teamed up with the Horsemen at one time, however, and he, of course, uh, has had uh, an interesting outside of uh, wrestling career over the last several years, of course, with the whole uh, Miss Elizabeth thing and everything like that. However, of course, he was a champion USM world title. Uh, some people don't think he should be a Hall of Famer because of the whole Vince Elizabeth thing. I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag for me, but uh, he was underrated at times. Some people say he was overrated, so I still think he was a good wrestler, however, nevertheless, however, and uh, he'll go down as one of the uh, biggest strongmen. I mean, saying very big, but middle-sized guys in wrestling history, and uh, he is still personally one of my favorites, and I think he'll uh, continue. I mean, as long as people continue to mention uh, the uh, Mid '80s, however, they definitely have to mention this guy. No question about it. Absolutely, uh, Michelle. Uh, if you had an opportunity to listen to any of uh, any of the, any of what I read off here earlier, uh, your thoughts about the total package, Lex Luger? Uh, I, I wasn't a very big fan of Lex Luger, um, but I know he had a he had a great career. Uh, very sad what happened to him at the end. Uh, the whole Miss Elizabeth thing, I mean, it is what it is, you know, it's a story, you know, no one really knows the whole truth with them. Um, He was just one I didn't follow very much, but I do respect him for everything he did for the business. I'm sorry, it's freezing outside. (laughs) Yeah, it's cold up here, too. (gasps) Baby, it's cold outside. I hate, I hate it. Cold, especially when the well, wind's blowing. That makes it worse. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely have to agree there. Uh, uh, John's already got our rest of history up there for tonight here, December the 18th. I'll go ahead and read, it, read that off pretty fast. Uh, on this date here, like I said, December the 18th, 40 years ago um, in uh, Tokyo, see, 40 years ago, that would be 1975, Giant Baba won the All Japan Pro Wrestling Open Championship Tournament. Okay. In 19, and this is a moment everyone does, I'm sure remembers this. Uh, 20 years ago, 1995, 
Medusa dropped the WWE Women's Championship belt in a trash can on a televised WCW show, which I rather that was Nitro, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Taped on December 18, 1995, which they didn't show until January the 1st of 96. The Smoking Guns won the Raw Bowl, Raw <laughs> Bowl over Owen Hart and Yokozuna, Sid and the One Two Three Kid, and Salvio Vega and Razor Ramon. And also featured an eight-second match between Diesel and Mabel, which Diesel won. It was Mabel's last final Raw appearance until he returned in 1999. <clears throat> On this day in 2004, WWE taped tribute to the troops once again. Ten years ago at Armageddon, featured the 12th ever Hell in a Cell match between The Undertaker and Randy Orton, with The Undertaker mm. winning. And, ah, <laughs> and also a tag team champion versus champion match with Raw tag team champions Kane and the Big Show taking on SmackDown champions Batista and Mysterio with Kane and Big Show winning the match. (laughs) And also on the same night, the horrible infamous segment in which in WWE pay-per-view history where uh, referee Tim White accidentally shot himself in the foot at his bar. Yeah, he had those those stupid vignettes he did for a while, I remember. I seemed like every week how Josh Matthews was always uh, trying to... I mean, that was one of the most... uh, Stupidest, but also one of the riskiest and some of the most controversial stuff they put on because they did different things like uh, him suffocating himself with a bag, shooting himself like that. How also electrocuting himself in the bathtub with the toaster. I mean, I think WWE was kind of uh, a little bit wrong in putting some of these vignettes on. And when we lead to White's infamous attempt at video suicides on WWE.com with Josh Matthews, yep. uh, failed, but he failed to attempt suicide. Okay. Yeah, you can watch some of those videos and go back and watch some of them now. I mean, some of them, like I said, if you watch them, I mean, you'll be seeing after one or two of them, you're like, what the is this crap, you know? Right. Absolutely. I mean, how dumb can you get on doing stuff like that? That's just crazy. Yep. Uh, uh, also, there are four birthdays today. Uh, Messiah turns 38 years old. Rob Van Dam turns 45. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trish Stratus turns 40. And Stone Cold Steve Austin turns 51. Oh. You know, he hasn't aged a bit, though, my personal. No. Also, yeah, John also mentioned he has news on the SmackDown viewership. It is up, <coughs> but still, for the night, it was number six. <laughs> so, uh, so, John, any other any other history or birthdays you got for us tonight? That's <coughs> nothing else, there, John. Thank you very much. For, thank you very much for providing those here with us tonight. And, Michelle, you're going to love this here tonight. Our Wild and Wicked Fantasy matchup segment is going to take a little bit of a twist here. J.D. Uh. actually came, JD came up with an actual, a very interesting, uh, uh, he kind of did, it's kind of similar to what, what I do with a fantasy stable pay-per-view, but it's going to be kind of an extreme one, pitting the superstars of ECW versus the superstars of the WWF slash WWE. Uh. So, yeah, so Paul Heyman 2.0 came up with a genius idea 
in his brain a few several hours ago. And believe me, when I patched it, you're gonna love him. Yeah, um, okay. I'm going to actually, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to actually read read some of those off here um, as soon as I can. And they're on JD's uh, chat box here where I talked to him earlier. He called it the WWF ECW Extreme Rising Pay Per View. Yes. Nice name there, bud. Nice I thought name. so. I thought so. Okay. All right, uh, and Michelle, you will go first in the voting on this. The very first match is a three-way hardcore match in which you have Sabu versus Dean Ambrose versus Terry Funk. Oh. <laughs> Your thoughts? Uh, hardcore title, huh? Well, um, hardcore, hardcore rules, we'll say. There's a three-way oh, triple, triple threat hardcore match. Yeah. Um, I'd say, oh shit, I don't know. Um, Dean, <laughs> okay. Uh, JD, your 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 match here, bud. Uh, of course, uh, you made earlier. Uh, your thoughts on uh, who you think will pull off this triple threat hardcore match? I want to say Terry Funk. Okay, okay. Uh, John, uh, your thoughts on this match made by uh, this triple threat hardcore match? Uh, Sabu, Ambrose, and Terry Funk. Can we oh, can sorry. we go back to summertime? Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be like that here on Thursday and Friday, like 65 and 58 for Christmas. Christmas and John, John is also saying Ambrose. And me, you know, I'm going to go on out on a limb here. I'm going to say Sabu. I'll say Sabu might pull the win off of this. It would be uh, a good match. Yes, it would. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. The next one JD has, and remember, Michelle, all these matches were made by JD. I'll give you a Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next match he has here is a tag team match hitting ECW superstars New Jack, teaming up New Jack and Balls Mahoney versus Dean Ambrose comes back out and wrestles again with his partner, Roman Reigns. Oh, my God. Neither. You're... <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the ECW side. Okay, uh, JD, your thoughts on this on this uh, tag team match? I'm gonna say the ECW side this time. Okay, uh, John uh, Balls Mahoney and New Jack versus Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. What a name, Balls Mahoney! <laughs> He's got big balls. You've got big balls, and we've got balls. <laughs> mm. I can't remember the name of the rest of the song or the theme. I mean, I was just... That, wow. They didn't call him the Captain Caveman of ECW for nothing. Mm. And John, John's going with the shield. Ooh. Of course. Okay. Uh, me, I'm, I'm going to take the ECW side on this. Uh <laughs> Real quick, though, too, Michelle, hold on. We did announce the announce team, by the way. You're going to love the announce team. Joel Gertner and Joey Styles for ECW, and we got JR and the King for WWE. Nice. I thought it was a perfect four-man announce team. Yes, very nice indeed. Yeah, I mean, all four of them will be saying, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Of course, the ne- next match is another tag team match. Uh, of course, like I said, the highest man, J.D. Jerry Jarama, uh, of course, with the ECW WWE uh, Extreme Rising uh, pay-per-view here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the next tag team match will pit We'll put Steve Carino teaming up with Jack Victory to take on Seth Rollins and Triple H. Oh. Uh, Michelle, your thoughts on who would win this match? Uh, I'm buying in. Well, with Rollins and Triple H. Okay, J.D., your thoughts on this tag team match? Back to the network I go, and it's ECW again. Okay. Uh, J.D., I mean, I mean, John, your thoughts... John's already saying Rollins and Triple H here too. Uh, me, I'm going to say the ECW side as well in this. It'd be, a, I think it'd be a great, another great match. Here is a here is a singles match. Of course, came up by JD. You have uh, from ECW, you've got Tajiri taking on Daniel Bryan. Oh. Michelle, your thoughts on this <laughs> Jerry versus Daniel Bryan? Um, Daniel Bryan. Okay, JD, your thoughts to Jerry versus DB? I'm going to take the Japanese buzzsaw. Taking to Jerry here, uh, John. Your thoughts here? No, John. I meant to say your name. I didn't mean to call you JD. So don't you worry about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know he did. And capitalized. Did you call me JD? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh. The match here, uh, John likes it to Jerry versus Daniel Bryan. <coughs> I said the match, John, is is to Jerry taking on Daniel Bryan. He's he's doing the Stone Cold thing. He said, "What?" <laughs> okay. Uh, John said it'd be a good match, but he's going with Daniel Bryan, and. You know, I guess in this case, I'm going to have to say a draw. I'm going to use mm. my draw bar. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It'll be a great match. Uh, next one here is kind of interesting. We go with the girls this time here at competing. And it, it, it and it will be. And, and, and again, Michelle, I emphasize these matches were made by J.D. himself. So, so you, you can imagine how his mind works. <laughs> no offense, JD. No, not taking. I mean, I, okay. like I said, I have my Paul Heyman Booker cap on tonight. He's got a brawl and panties match, pitting Dawn as a tag team divas brawl and panties match with Dawn Marie and Beulah McGillicuddy on one side, and on the other side, the Bello Twins. <laughs> oh, JD. <laughs> JD's got to be witty. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say the Bella Twins. Okay, uh, JD, you're uh, JD. Don't get excited here, man. Uh, uh, calm down, everybody. Stop uh, imagining boobies. <laughs> well, boy, boy, yeah. Boy. As, as long as uh, Bill Alfonso is the guest referee, calling it right down the middle, you got to go with Don Marie and Pula. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take we'll, Michelle. will take his word for it there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, okay. John uh, and John, uh, put put your beef aroni back in your pants and. <laughs> oh my. Oh, sorry about that, Michelle. Shouldn't have said that. Uh, I, I revealed his dark. I revealed his dark secret. John, Don Marie and Beulah McGillicuddy <laughs> versus the Bella Twins in a tag team brawl in panties match. Um, he's saying the fans would win. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you know what? I'm gonna say the same thing he does. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Because. Michelle, yeah, I'm sure you would agree. I have to be good because Anne, I think, is still listening, and I do not want to get John. I was kidding. I apologize. I was kidding about that track. Okay, <laughs> uh, but uh, you have to admit though, with Anne on, I have to watch what I say. So that's why I'm saying the fans would also win in this match. So yeah, I'm sure she'll probably get me later, but uh, I'm just trying to play cool as best I possibly can. Excuse me. Um, okay, next one here. What a doozy of a one-on-one match here. You got your, you got your, your, your uh, uh, an awesome competitor, Mike Awesome, to be exact, taking on Kevin Owens. Oh, Michelle, your thoughts on this match? Damn it, JD. I'm gonna put my foot where the sun don't fucking shine. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Um, that's, that's that's okay. I mean, we're it's Friday night. You can let it, you can say whatever you want. That's right. Uh, um. Damn, I don't know. Um. Mike, awesome, and what the hell is that on my porch? Something moving. Sorry. Um. I'm going to say KO. Okay, you're going to say KO would put a win off of this. By the way, did you leave the MLD spider outside the freeze? Um, no, that bitch is sleeping. Okay, she's sleeping. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, JD, your thoughts Mike Olson versus Kevin Owens? I am going to say, however, it will be the awesome one with Judge Jeff Jones. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, John, your thoughts Mike Olson taking on... Uh, uh, of course, the former Intercontinental Champion Kevin Owens, and uh, uh, John is saying KO, but he also said in reference to what I answered about the last match. He said he told me to lock my doors because I might get hurt by Ann. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> but Ann might put a hurt on him in a good way, though, so it's okay. Hey, now I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and if she if, if if she heard that, she'll probably get me later. Uh, I love you, Ann. I said that out of total respect for you both. Oh well, I appreciate. It. I, I'm sure she would appreciate that too, and uh, I will let her know about that here uh, uh, tonight. Well, because uh, JD already got busy on his birthday, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, his girlfriend blew out his candle. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey. oh, the D. Girolamo, the D. Girolamo got uh, got lucky tonight. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and, and JD has smiled his face ever since. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You went. You went. Yeah. Okay. Have you guys heard before we get into the next match? They're talking about Donald Trump being removed from the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. I think. I mean, why? It's, why are, are you these? Serious? Yeah, there's talk about it. Seriously. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh boy, to keep talking about removing this. Mm-hmm. They keep wanting to remove, uh, uh, mm-hmm. to remove these guys. I'm not good. Donald Trump needs to be president. It's better than what we got now. Sorry, that's just my opinion. Well, probably better him than Clinton, Hillary Clinton, maybe. Oh shit! Yeah, maybe. It's a raccoon on my porch. I'm sorry, random non-wrestling moment. It's a flipping raccoon. Oh my lord! You better stay over there. <laughs> okay, here, here, okay, okay. Then this is JD's own words. Here is a doozy. He said he has three more matches. This is the first one right here. He said the first one. He said Gerard would probably love him here too. Um, unless, unless JD, you told Gerard about him earlier. I don't sure. I, but, I, I blamed, I blamed for both you and him, and he liked actually most of these matches though. Okay. Uh, uh, Michelle, this one right here uh, is a six-man tag, and on one on the ECW side, you have Spike Dudley, Rhino, and Rob Van Dam. Excuse me. You. Sorry. Bless you. Bless you. Thank, thank you. That snuck up on me. And they are taking on the WWE trio of Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, and Cesaro. Oh, yes! I love this match. This is the best one of the night. I thought, I knew, I, when I thought this, Michelle, this is the first thing that clicked in my mind. I said, go for it. Okay, so, Michelle, uh, since you love it, I will let you go ahead and talk about it first. Your thoughts who would win this match? Team freaking Orton. <laughs> of course, of course. JD, your thoughts here on this uh, six-man tag? And I'm going to take Team Orton. Okay, uh, uh, John, uh, your thoughts on the, uh, and John also said bless you to me as well, so thank you. Uh, also, he said he loves it as, he loves it as well. Well, he said Gesundheit, but I know what he meant. Um, he's also going for Team WWE. John, well, he's also renamed to say Team RKO all, all the way. <laughs> okay. Um, and you know what, why not, I'll, I'll, I'll throw my name in the hat in there as well. I'll say Orton, Lesnar, and Cesaro. Because um, I even heard after the match they're going to go to Michelle's house and stand all around her bed and tear their tights off. Uh, I don't know why I even said that. <laughs> I'm game. I'm You're ready. Dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> I won't go any further than that. Okay, another special match here that JD has. And <clears throat> I will let you... Um, is this another, this must be another six-man tag yeah. here. Uh, uh, you've got Angel, DeVito, and Grimes. The Baldies. But, okay. Versus X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws. Oh, ass man. <laughs> uh, and Michelle, do I even dare ask you who do you pick? Uh, no. I think we already know the answer to that. It is it is the team of Angel, DeVito, and Red. No, I'm picking. <laughs> I got gotcha. It's X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws. I knew it. I was just I pulling your chain. No, I know. 
Yeah. Uh, JD, JD, your thoughts on this other six-man tag? Team uh, X-Pac and the Outlaws. I, I I would definitely have to say the same thing about that, too. Uh, um, and John's and John is saying, I've been a DX fan through and through, through I'm, but I'm going with DX. I thought he was going to change it, so uh, so there you go. So he's going, he's, he's he's going with DX in this, and the main event. Uh, plus, there's two warm-up matches in this uh, Michelle as well, so um, which is pretty, pretty which is pretty interesting here. Pretty interesting to say the least. Uh, okay, that okay, okay. The main event he's got. Uh, let, let me see. There it is. We'll pit. <clears throat> it's a tag team match. We'll pit Tommy Dreamer and Raven on one team, and and the other team, DX. Falls count anywhere. Falls count anywhere in the building stipulation. Which two members of DX? Sean and Hunter. I would have to figure that. Yeah, that's my only guess too. Um. I'm sorry, I had a blonde moment, and I'm not blonde, but could you repeat that again, please? Tommy, Falls County Anywhere in the Building is the mat, is the stipulation. The, the match is Tommy Dreamer and Raven versus DX, which is, is of course, represented by HBK uh, and Triple H. Oh, damn. Um, I'm going to say draw. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, JD, uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer versus DX, uh, false count anywhere. Tag match, what do you think? I want to take Team Extreme in this one. Oh, okay. And John is also going with, uh, DX as well. And, you know, I'm going to have to go along with Michelle. I'm going to have to say this is a draw, too. Uh, I don't see how all four men get knocked out. During the whole match, in the back. There you go. And here, and, and Michelle, two more matches here. Here are the warm-up matches that JD has. Um, you've got once again the ECW duo of Steve Carino and Jack Victory coming back. Uh, well, they'll start the show, the pre-show. They will start the show, uh, even though Mich- he's got him on the tail end here, Michelle. This, yeah. Okay. But. Uh, Steve Carino and Jack Victory will wrestle in the beginning here as they take on the NXT duo of Finn Balor and Sami Zayn. Oh, shit, Nick. Um, The NXT team. Okay. Uh, JD, uh, Carino and Victory versus uh, Team NXT. I'm going to take Finn Balor and Sami in this one. Okay. Um, John, your thoughts here on this match: Steve Carino and Jack Victory versus uh, Finn Balor and Sami Zayn. Oh, excuse me. Mm. Oh, excuse me. Whoa! <coughs> I have not been drinking. I swear, I don't drink anyways. Michelle's hiccuping. I'm coughing, and 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 JD got blown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle does not want to dream about that tonight. Okay. 
John is saying the NXT guys will pull the win off of this. And me, I got to use my card again. I'm going to say a draw in this again. This would be a great match. And the last, uh, the extra match that JD has here, Michelle, is a one-on-one pitting Shane Douglas, the franchise, versus Samoa Joe. Oh. Um. Shane Douglas and Samoa Joe. Um. Yes. Uh, Samoa Joe, I I think. <clears throat> and John is automatically going to say Shane Douglas. Uh, JD, your thoughts here: Shane Douglas versus Samoa Joe. I am going to actually use my draw for the first time here. Okay, okay. And you know what? I'm going to actually use mine one more time. I'm definitely going to say also uh, uh, a draw here as well. Uh, so, J.D., thank you very much for providing us with this, uh, with this extreme rising pay-per-view. Uh, you got to like what I have next, though. Next, we're going to do a little WCCW, WWE style, and I will be working on my booking cap over the weekend on that one. Oh, okay. So, yeah, let, let, let us know how you work. Let us know how you come up with that. Uh, uh, <clears throat> let's have about 10 minutes to go here. Um, uh, just any... any uh, just to keep everyone, uh, of course, updated with uh, with, every, with everything going on here in WCWS. Of course, the Ministry of Darkness Fantasy Stable Pay Per View is still going on. It's actually been in um, been in you know uh, on hiatus here for quite some time, uh, and of course, uh, I have not uh, I have not uh, I'm now checking on it here right now while I'm talking to everyone here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and I. And let's see. Also, I will note one other birthday that I did not mention. That Gerard actually posted this earlier uh, on the Topio Facebook page. I'm sure everyone remembers uh, a gentleman in WWE who was, I think, was kind of flirting around with Vicky Guerrero for a while. Uh, Eric Escobar. Yes. He actually turns turns 36 today as well. So. Uh, as a matter of fact, here a little bit of an update here. <clears throat> um, the sixth match it still has not yet been decided. Uh, of course, it, it is involving Edge. Of course, with him being a part of the Brood. Of course, it was also part of the Ministry of Darkness. I will tell you that so far, Gerard and JD have voted for Rick Rude to face Edge. So <clears throat> we need, like I said, one more person to vote the vote for either for Rick Rude to come in. Well, like I said, we have, uh, like I said, uh, nine more choices here. Um, of course, the other choices I will go and throw them out there <clears throat> are <clears throat> Dean Malenko, Juventud Guerrera, Tito Santana, Marty Jannetty, Buff Bagwell, Sting, Ricky Steamboat, James Storm, and Perry Saturn. Mm, James Storm. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. No, no, that's okay. Where, that's where do I go, vote? <clears throat> it's on Gerard's page, Top Heel. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on top of it. Yeah, uh, it should be. It should be about halfway down. Um, should be hard to find. <clears throat> but like I said, uh, <clears throat> we need, the like so we can go ahead and get get them all going. This pay per view actually, guys, is going to be. I did some research on the Ministry of Darkness. This this pay per view is only going to be nine matches long because counting 
pallbearer, there was only nine members of the Ministry of Darkness. So, uh, the Undertaker obviously is going to be in the main event in the match, obviously. But there was only, other than that, counting the Undertaker, there was only nine members. Oh, yes! So, so there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be four more matches, there'll be three more matches that I will post after this last one gets it gets uh gets voted on here <clears throat> and uh <clears throat> and we'll uh, and, and and I will of course the 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 the, the last match will be which will be match number 9 the undertaker will also will definitely be in a fatal four way so you never know who I want to put in this match it'll be pretty interesting so keep watching out for that his page of course is top heel which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash capital t lowercase o p capital h lowercase e e l uh, so definitely uh, uh, chime in on that. Who do you think would would? Uh, uh, oh, wait a minute! Well, Welcome hey, to this, my parlor. Yes, <laughs> this, not, nice impression, JD. Very nice. Indeed. Uh, it's scary because he does have, no, it so good. We have an update, guys. John just now informed me. He actually just now voted. The match is is official now. I will update the I will update this here after the show tonight. But the in the, the sixth match in the Ministry of Darkness pay per view will be Edge taking on Ravishing Rick Rude. So there you go. Alrighty. And uh, and John, I thank you very much for voting. So John, JD, and Gerard voted for Rick Rude. Nobody <laughs> else voted on so throughout this whole process. So I will work on the next one here either tonight or sometime tomorrow. And we'll get this underway. Hopefully next week we'll be able to possibly do this fancy stable pay-per-view. So, <clears throat> and I'm still thinking about another one to do. So I'm still it's still in the works right now. Uh, of course, like I said, listen to all of our past shows of the radio network on the Radio Archives page, <laughs> facebook.com, forward slash group, forward slash WWS Radio History. <coughs> No, not radio coffin, radio history. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Michelle, any uh, final wrestling thoughts before we leave the air this evening? A wrestling thought and an update. Um, my, my wrestling thought is, um, it's actually a question. So the Brock Lesnar thing tomorrow night, is that on the network? No, it is not. It is like a live show. Watch it. <clears throat> it is a live house show. It's a live oh, show. Yeah, it's a house yeah. show in L.A. Yeah, but I told Chad, though, Michelle, he might, might, though. Paul Heyman's supposed to be in L- is in L.A. as we speak, and that leads me to wonder if Paul Heyman and Brock might be on Monday night in Minneapolis. Oh, if there's a gun. <laughs> no. Please, I hope so. Okay, so update. Um, the tournament for tomorrow is now up to 45 schools. 45? Ooh. <clears throat> yes. Mm. Um, Caleb is pumped and and ready to go and uh, yeah, uh, yeah he um yeah he's ready. <laughs> there you go. He's say. in the zone. That's he's it. very much yeah. so in the zone. Good. Yep, yep, yep. But not auto zone, just in the zone. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think if he could get away with telling me, he he would say he's ready to kick some ass tomorrow, but he, he says but instead. Well, <laughs> well, well, of course, I mean, 
Uh, I don't think, Michelle, you would want your, your child to no. be saying at that age. Uh, it would be, be way too raw. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And John is saying, Kev is ready to kick some tail. That's a lot, but that's here that's comes the better. pain. Here, here comes, here comes the, here comes the pain, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, of course, uh, um, hopefully, here, like I said, uh, as we talked about, I think it was Wednesday night, Michelle. We, my, we do hope to get Caleb on one of our, one of our shows here. It could be a revolution. It could be a wolf pack. It does not make any difference which one. But we want to set aside one night, one show, yeah. <clears throat> being all about him. Yeah. We'll put him. We'll put him in the spotlight. So, just look, by all means, just let him know. And uh, and like I said, we we are we would all of us would love to hear, you know, how he feels about <laughs> all this. And uh, I'm sure he would have a whole. I mean, like I said, like your stories. I mean, he, but, uh, but I'm sure he would have a whole lot more things to say and tell and everything like that. We want to hear all of it. We want to hear every yeah. single bit of it. So, well, yeah, he's but, one, he weighs 165. He's going up against a 190-pound kid tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh uh, yeah, 35 pounds heavier. Holy cow! He's yeah. He he's, hurts he's, my kid. I'm gonna freaking take his ass to Suplex City. I can tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Oh boy, yeah. Mom, Mama's gonna bring a brand new bag. It's gonna be full of yep. something all day, yo. Mama's boy. gonna bring the cell phone, Paulie Heyman style, crack the kid across the skull, if you will, if she misses. Oh my god. Oh, goodness. you know, I'm right there in it, and I and I'm and if they call a bad call, I am right on their ass. Trust, trust me. There you go. Oh well, well, there you go. Hey, that's the way to do it. Hey, 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 hey be like Jimmy Hart and carry a my, uh, megaphone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here you go, baby. Here you go, baby. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then the other wrestlers said, "Shut mm-hmm. up! Sir. I'm not going to shut up there, baby. I'm not going to shut up there, baby." Yeah, I, I remember uh, Jimmy Hart was bad over doing that, man. That was well. Yeah. I I got a kick out of him because he's like, "Mom, can you just wait and cheer me when I'm done?" He was like, "I hear you the whole time." <laughs> you know, do this, do that, go, blah blah blah. He was like, can you just wait till I'm done and then, you know, do all that? He was like, God. I was like, no. The one, the one doing the chair for him, he's telling him to calm down. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's concentrated. I mean, he takes it. He, he's he he's takes it very serious. You only know he does. That, that, good, that reminds me of a minute. That's excellent family. So you remember how Goldberg was, man. That's I mean, let's wait. He's, he's across between Goldberg talking. and Lester. I mean, he's focused. <laughs> he, he means business. Yeah. Of course he's he definitely, definitely focused. Good. And Michelle, please tell me that boy does not do the Brock Lesnar um, jump or whatever you call that. The that shuffle, hopping. yes. He does he, sometimes. Not all the time, kidding. but sometimes. You're kidding. He, does, he actually does. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my. But the only thing is with this tournament tomorrow that it pissed me off because I was reading the information because the coaches get the information, you know. You can't bring phones. You can't bring uh, video cameras. You can't bring freaking nothing to this tournament. Nothing. They check you, they pat you down, and all this before you go in. Well, are, are they that blame? Are they are they that blame uh, conscious about you know somebody's going to actually do something at a tournament, yeah. a wrestling tournament? I think so. That's crazy. Involving, involving young kids. That's awesome. I, I think mean, so. I, I mean, you can pretty much blame that on the WWE shit. You know, I'm sure they're following and seeing that, so they're just protecting you know their wrestlers. 
Yeah, but still, that's crazy. I'll, I'll have to... Oh, right, for some odd reason now, John is trying to act like Elvis. I don't know why. Oh, God. He said, hello, my heart is true. I'm traveling on every one of them. I ain't nothing but a hound dog. Oh, and also... I'm like a peanut butter or banana sandwich to deep fry that bad boy. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's say, I'll give you another laugh. He told me, he says, Mom, tomorrow on the way down there, don't talk to me. He's like, (laughs) I'm going to... He's like, I'm going to have my phone and my earphones in, and I'm going to be looking at wrestling stuff and going over everything, and he's like, don't talk to me because I'm going to be looking at this. I'm like, okay, okay. He's posting Brock video. Yeah, yeah. He yeah saved, he, I think he saved pretty much everyone possible, including UFC fights, to his son. Good for him. I mean, that's no, joke, that's no joke. I mean, that's that's good. That's real good. Show, let me ask you this. Does he have a PSP by any chance? A what? A PlayStation. PS, a, a PlayStation Portable. They call him a PSP. Uh, um, he has a, um, what the hell is that damn thing called? A DS. But a, PSD a, now. A, a, a PS, he has a PS Vita. No, he has a um, Nintendo DS, but he doesn't oh, okay. have anything, you know. Yeah, okay. The reason why I'm saying if he did, there was something here. See, the PSP, like I said, PSP, like it's like JD and I mentioned, is a is what is a portable version of the PlayStation. Obviously, uh-huh. and see, I even have one of myself, and somebody gave me. A movie, you can watch movies on this thing, actual movies on this thing. Just like if you put in a DVD or a tape or something, actual movies. Uh, but they gave me one of something that I don't think they even have out anymore. And I don't watch it that much. I was thinking if he had a PSP, this would be something he'd definitely be glued to. It's, yeah. uh, it's uh, Pride Fighting Championships. Hmm. Hardcore, it's hardcore stuff. Uh, but I'll have if he to doesn't check have, into that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, you could probably find a good PSP at a good pawn shop somewhere that's yeah. in good working condition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I got, I got my. I'm sorry, Michelle. I got mine at a pawn shop here for like seventy bucks. It even came with a charger and its own case. Oh, okay. I'll have to check into that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but if you ever, if you do if he ever gets one, let me know, and I'll even send this thing because I'm not watching really watching it. To be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he um, <clears throat> he has a high schooler that wrestles at you know for the same school, but he wrestles for the high school. Um, that is actually going with us tomorrow because he wants to be there for Caleb and mentor him because they've been working together on the side, mm-hmm. outside of practice and everything. And his name is Matt, and he's a great kid, and he's awesome with Caleb. And, like, the confidence that he has built up in Caleb is insane. Sort of like the Soltz brothers from Foxcatcher in a way. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's I good. like that. Yeah, that's, that's uh, in something like that, you gotta have a good, you gotta have a positive attitude about it. Exactly. Yeah, and Matt, Matt's something. a hell of a, hell of a high school wrestler. He's undefeated right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. What, what um, year is Matt in, though, Michelle? What's that? What year? Uh, uh, senior, junior of high school. I mean, what year of high school? Um, he's a sophomore. 
Oh, okay. So these are a couple more years to mentor him. That's good. That's good. Interesting. Yeah. Excellent. Very interesting. And John says something. If people see you with your phone and they catch you, they say, guess what? The big boss man's hard times theme will play. <laughs> yeah. Today, I think when he, when Caleb comes out tomorrow, that kid's going to have hard times because Caleb's going to take him down. Well, you know what's yeah. funny? You know what music he listens to when he's warming up before before a tournament or practice or anything is Brock Lesnar's music. I'm not surprised. Me either. I was going to ask you that. I am not surprised. I, I was going to ask you if, if, yeah, don't, 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 don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All I need is yeah. Jimmy John's to sponsor him, too. Mm-hmm. We got yeah, we, we to call the Jimmy John's Corporation. I'll call Paul Heyman. If Gerard or I will call him Paul Heyman, give him on speed dial, and tell him to come down to Virginia and say, hey, Paulie, you got another uh, client here to represent, however. He's probably yeah. uh, a tag team hey, partner. Hey. Special guest advocate. There you go. It, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> perfect. That is perfect. Yeah, buddy. That's Paul it. Heyman and I, I already said tonight, I mean, I already said to you earlier, Chad, and I'll say it to Michelle now. I don't think, Michelle, what I said to you earlier, I said, we can put her in the front row with you, and Gerard and I and Paul Heyman could be at ringside watching these two uh, tear up the WWE and represent them well. This kid makes me freaking iron his singlet out before a tournament. Hmm. Hmm. He's, he's that he hardcore dedicated to it. There cannot be one freeze or to, nothing in it. Does he, does he wear it to the matches? Yeah, they have to have their singlets, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean but uh, let me rephrase it then. Because normally they would go, before anything gets started, and they would change into it. But he no, wears they, it have to ha- they have to have it on when they get there because, what? The first thing they do is weigh in and um, skin check, make sure there's no ringworm, anything, et cetera, and they have to have their, their singlets on under their clothes. I see, I see. Huh. They, they, they make them take their clothes off down to the singlets, no shoes, no nothing, and weigh in, and then they weigh them with shoes on, and Just then like they the do the skin does. check and go to the tournament. Just like, the, just like the UFC does. Just to say, it's just right. like a UFC thing, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I remember the Ronda Rousey thing. I remember last time I saw that, yeah. remember that, yeah. <laughs> well, Michelle, let me go ahead and say this, that I'm sure J.D. would back me up on this, and I'm sure everyone else involved with the radio network group mm-hmm. will, will also, uh, <clears throat> will also uh, uh, agree with, back me up on this. We definitely... Uh, we we definitely will be of course thinking about you and Caleb tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will most of all be you know putting all of our all of our minds and hearts and souls and spirits into that young man yes. to make sure that he definitely comes out on top here. And you know, and he he <clears throat> knowing like I said, you know, and of course, I mean, we we of course. You'll have you'll have plenty of that set aside for yourself too, my dear. So don't you worry about that either. There is there is plenty of it to go around, but a lot. Of, but don't but forgive us for saying it. A lot of it's going to go into that into that young man's heart, mind, body, and soul, and he is going to go into that thing and, and whip some one hundred percent major tail. Yes. Um, and just just speaking for us, Michelle, and I'm and and he. 
is is definitely he is definitely represented and and not taking anything away from you at all. Cause I know you are proud of him for what he has been doing, and we want you to continue to you know to, to do that. Of course, because you said you said many many times that you have, and that's great. But just also keep in mind that he not only represents you know his family, you know that he also represents and he may not even realize it, but he does the WCWS radio network very, very well. Oh, he does because um, he told me, he said, I know they're not going to let you take your phone in, but you're going to take your phone, and even if you have to leave it in the car, and I am to come back and update y'all on the chat box as much as I can and tell you, or he was going to be upset. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll definitely try our best, and we'll, of course, definitely keep Gerard aware of this as well. That you know we may hear be hearing from you tomorrow um, about uh, about <clears throat> you know about Caleb's progress, but uh, just definitely just let him know that the radio network is behind him 100% without a shadow of a doubt, and he will do and and even and 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 not trying to jinx him, uh, Michelle, but even if he does not make it all the way, he will do well. He will do exactly. great. He will do wonderful, and regardless of how he does, you, of course, as his mother, will be very proud of whatever he accomplishes at this thing tomorrow, no doubt. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So we will leave at that, ladies and gentlemen. I definitely want to thank the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. And on Monday, let me just say, on Monday I will be uh, hopefully hearing from you, Michelle, if I don't hear from you tomorrow. However, if you call in and give us a progress report, but if not, I will definitely give him my shout-out on uh, Raw Radio Monday, because Monday, as I said, we have a great show lined up, uh, the year-end review. We're going to talk about the big stories of the year, and hopefully we'll have our big guest, I reiterated already, Michael Sam Houston. Believe it or not, of course. up and by. And absolutely. Well, well, just, just one more thing right now. He is set for 18 matches, 18 freaking matches. Um, if any other kids in his weight division step up, they can put him against him if he feels, you know, he he can. But he's in 18 matches as of right now. Oh, oh my goodness! So we can't wait. We can't wait to see this happen. We can't wait to hear more about oh, this. Oh, I'm gonna have a grumpy ass little Brock 2.0 tomorrow night. <laughs> oh my! And please feel free, Michelle, if you like, you can post his results on the Revolution Radio Facebook page as well. Will do. Absolutely, that, that that sounds good as well. And we'll read them off. We'll do yes. it that way. That sounds a lot better, yes. So for the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Iceman, J.D., Jerry Geralmo, the Human Supposed Machine, John Gross, and also Anne-Marie Rockenbach, this is Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw saying thank you so much for joining us here for this edition of Revolution. Be sure to join me once again uh, <clears throat> next Tuesday, of course, where, of course, uh, it'll be a special edition, and, and of course, in talking about the uh, this coming Monday night's Raw, it will also be the return of the one and only JML experience. We can't wait to have him back on as well. <clears throat> but, of course, be sure to catch beforehand Indie Outlook Sunday night at 7, rest and uh, uh, Raw Radio Monday afternoon at 3, and also Rest and Revisited Tuesday night at 7 as well. So, for uh, like I said, Michelle... One more thing. Can I say one more thing? If you see sure. on the news that a Virginia mother went postal and tried to hurt some kids at a wrestling match, it's just me. It's okay. <laughs> oh. Well, well, we well, we hope we hear some positive stuff come out of that, not, yes. not that. But, 
But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so for the Black Widow, Michelle Lindon, Jasmine, JD, Jared Girolamo, yeah, uh, who supposed Machine John Grossman, and I already said this, that he was, and also Emory Rockenbach. Like I said, this is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw for the WWS Radio Network, where it's for wrestling fans, by wrestling fans, and of course, as always, your wrestling connection. Gang, we will talk to you here during the weekend and next week, and and uh, we will see you in the ring. And of course, as always, here in the Radio Network. God bless everyone. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.